0: its seventh season. The Lapped Traffic Podcast has brought you over 300 shows, driver and media interviews, awesome stories and entertainment, and one of the coolest fantasy leagues around. Get ready for another exciting season. Sit back,
1: relax, and try not to get laughed. Now, here's your host, The Professor.
0: Oh yes, Left Traffic Nation, welcome to episode 304 of the Left Traffic Podcast. As he said, I am your host, the professor, Brandon Crowd. Oh, who just doesn't love a doubleheader? I mean, it's perfect. I, I, I mean, there's no football, baseball ain't on yet. Like, yes, give me give me eight hours of nonstop racing on a Sunday afternoon. Yes, please. Two race weekends in the books no repeat winners. How long will we be able to say that? Hmm. Time will tell. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. It was crazy around here, as uh, it tends to be, apparently, with a one-year-old. Friday, after work, uh, ended up taking Alden to a uh, pediatric after-hours clinic, and turns out he's got a uh, croup virus that we are working on clearing out. Things looking good, though, so far, which is awesome. Uh, Then got back to the house Friday night in time to do the first Twitter spaces with Aaron Studwell, which I'll get into here in a few minutes, Uh, but that was a lot of fun. Saturday, Sunday, just chilled at the house, which is more than fine with me because as you guys have, if you've been listening a minute and you hear how busy we are, uh, between having a wife, a one-year-old, a real job, and a podcast, I burned the candle at both ends. So it was nice to just chill Sunday, smoke some ribs, which were amazing, and now we're on the repeat button of work week and podcast. And so here we are. Hope you guys enjoyed last week's show with Brandon Jones. A lot of fun to have him back on the show. And as I mentioned a minute ago, Friday night Twitter Spaces, uh, Studwell and I for thirty minutes hung out. Anywheres between 10 to 20-some people hopped in and uh, chatted. We only had one troll, which was, uh, I guess, uh, a good thing there. And even that was kind of humorous. But um, anyways, had a great time chatting, did some weather, uh, talked some nonsense, talked some NASCAR, and had a great time. So I think that worked well for it being the first time doing that, and we will figure out a day to have Newdorf on this week so uh, stay tuned there and there is still time to sign up for that Traffic Fantasy if anybody wants to get in the mix. Uh, Still uh, getting some some late registrations and still plenty of time to make the playoffs this year especially with the expanded first round there so there's uh, all that for you. What's coming up tonight though? Well I'm pretty excited because uh, Derek Cope is gonna come on and we're gonna hang out. we're gonna talk some stories. We're gonna talk about his book, his podcast, and see what Derek's got going on now that he's you know not really too involved uh, from a weekend week out perspective with Starcom and all of that. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk to Derek. We're gonna have our daytona, Arca. Winner back on the show, Greg Van Alst. He's going to be on, as well as Arca Driver and Team Co-owner from Empire, uh, Sean Core is going to be on, and then we're going to get into the mix with our, uh, our our listener that was at. Auto Club, we've got Fantasy, all that good stuff. So it's going to be a jam-packed, and if you haven't figured it out by now, probably a, a little longer show than what we've done so far. As I, as I said for the last three weeks, I'm not going to be doing longer shows. But, uh, you know, when when it just works out, it works out. So without further ado, let's kick things off with Derek Cope all right lap traffic nation joining me on the line making his first appearance on the show he won the daytona 500 in 1990 and is the author of changing gears my story of drive passion and perseverance and a life fulfilled welcome to the lap traffic podcast Derek cope Derek, what's up man how are you
2: well thanks for having me on yeah i'm excited uh things are going well for us though
0: excellent that's that's great to hear man um I mean, the, the, the Cope name synonymous with, with NASCAR, which is, which is awesome. It's an honor and a privilege to have you on the show. Uh, we're going to talk some current NASCAR. We're going to talk about your new book. We're going to talk about your new podcast. Uh, We've got a lot of things to dive into. Let's start, uh, you know, this past weekend, the last race at the two-mile Auto Club Speedway. What did you think of this weekend, and uh, what do you think about, you know, shaking things up at Auto Club going forward?
3: I thought it was
2: kind of the typical race at Auto Club Speedway. You know, everybody was fanning out, uh, you know, searching for lines and trying to go where nobody else would go. And that is kind of what the, you know, synonymous with, with that type of racetrack. And I've always enjoyed the California Speedway. I was there for the infancy of it, you know, the first race in 97. And I've always just had some fun there with uh, our Xfinity team as well as our cup efforts as well. But, uh, you know, it's sad to see it go. I, you know, I was there when Ontario was there and I, in 1979, I carried tires for Bill Schmidt at Ontario motor speedway. When Dale Earnhardt won rookie of the year and Benny Parsons ended up winning the race. And then, you know, to go back and be there for the first race there for uh, auto club, you know, uh, I love that area. You know, I'm from San Diego, not far from there. And originally and enjoy that race. And uh, it was, you know, I was, I thought it was a great race, uh, especially at the end. And, uh, it was, uh, like a, a typical California speedway race.
0: No, man, that's, that's awesome. And I literally got goosebumps hearing you mentioned, you know, Earnhardt and, and Parsons, like those aren't names that are coming up, you know, on, on my podcast very often. I know there's, there's podcasts out there that focus on, you know, more of the history side of things with NASCAR, but, Man, you know, I hope this isn't the last visit uh, you have on this show, because I bet the stories you could tell uh, would be (laughs) would be amazing. And I just probably have to ask one question and and you could probably go on for about 20 minutes and the fans would just be there, you know, jaw dropped in awe just hearing some awesome stories.
2: (laughs) We have a few. I can guarantee you. I,
0: I bet. I bet. Um, and then the the, the 500 kick things off the 2023 season. You know, two weeks ago, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Um, you know, some calling it an underdog, some not calling it an underdog. Obviously, Ricky's got the uh, the the experience to go out there and win uh, quote unquote plate races as we've seen him uh, do in the past. But uh, that was. It was a very interesting race there, especially towards the end. And uh, I'd, I'd love your thoughts since you've uh, you've got a ring as well. So how, how awesome is that?
2: Well, the race itself, I uh, started off, you know, like it typically does. Everybody just kind of riding around, and you know, they started getting, you know, obviously a little more frisky around the uh, the end of the stages. But you know, I, I really thought uh, it was a good race for the most part. I I think uh, the new next gen car has, it's been conducive for better racing. And I think uh, the guys have to, you know, really manipulate the race cars and, uh, and really, you know, work hard in the draft with those cars uh, because of, you know, the, the way that they're built, the, the, you know, the cars are really, you know, they're pretty symmetrical and they don't have all the side force. So, it really is interesting that uh, what they have to do is like the old days. You really got to work hard in the draft. And, you know, my cousin Ernie, ironically, is the, you know, the team principal and manager for JTG Doherty. And so, you know, I was excited for them to see, you know, him, uh, them, them to get the Daytona 500 win. Uh, Ricky, I think is a, a great young man, uh, obviously his, his proudness on the, on the super speedways has been evident in the past and, uh, they had a great race car. I think they've worked really hard. And they're one of those teams that you might want to call them an underdog, but they're just a smaller team. And, but they do a lot with a little, I mean, they have their own war room there with like eight to 10 people calling the race with, you know, uh, the telemetry, they have, uh, basically some CFD modeling. Uh, they have one tunnel. Testing. I mean, they have a, a smaller, I think, uh, scale involvement with Chevrolet, uh, you know, as far as that goes, but they work really hard and uh, they're the little engine that could. And, and I think Tagus Schechter and Jody and, and Brad are just superb people. And I am so tickled that they, uh, they have a Daytona 500
0: that's awesome man you know we're, we're seeing that a lot more I think with some of these smaller teams uh, really really start to to show some character and some poise and to let them know you know to let the rest of the garage know hey we, we can go out there and, and we can do some damage you know we saw it you know with track house uh, in in the cup series last year we we've seen it with Colleg racing in the Xfinity series now branching out into the cup series and um, I, I think it's awesome to see you know what? What some of these teams are are being able to accomplish. That's and I, I think the new car also is helping with that.
2: Yes, I think so. And I think you really have to give Trackhouse. I think a lot of credit. They have uh, continued their continued success uh, on into this year already, and they're they're a force to be reckoned with. And uh, you know it's uh, it's incredible to see what they are doing with against the bigger teams. But I think again, the car uh, is you know created some some parity but still you know it does the cream rises to the top and you know the teams that have the, mul- the the biggest amount of funding the more engineering capabilities and the resources they're going to you know stack more pennies together sure. and they're going yeah. to make uh you know make the difference but um it still is interesting to watch when the smaller teams can be proficient and uh and give them a go
0: absolutely uh all right derek let's uh let's let's talk about the book a minute uh you know what what sparked uh you know you had to sit down and, and come up with something and uh, you know, what can fans expect with it?
2: Well, I've always felt like that, you know, I, not a lot of people know really where I come from or what I've done. I've, I've kind of always held things close to the best. And I really, I never really tried to talk about really what it took for me to get here. I, I, you know, people assume things. They assume you, you know, have money, you found money or you, you know, you brought money. And I, I have, I come from pretty humble beginnings and uh, with a drag racing background and build engines myself and, you know, really worked hard both in and out of the race car to, to be proficient enough to speak well and try to represent sponsors. So I I could get money to race because it wasn't going to happen without that. So I really just, you know, I had the, I think they, it was instilled in me early by my father and my mother that, you know, the work ethic had to be, had to be there and you just, you don't get outworked. And that's really, you know, how it started. I mean, I was grinding camshafts at uh, 14 and the dad's in the engine building facility we had, and I worked hard to get here and to become a stable fixture in the sport. And fortunately enough, I could represent a product and I I spoke well enough and became an extension of the companies. And you know, one man, Carol Warner, and Sue Warner, uh, who was the then president of Peer Later, gave a gave me a chance, and the rest is history.
0: That's crazy. And and to see that spark throughout the rest of the family, too, you know, like you, you mentioned, Ernie, uh, Angela's actually been on the show a couple years ago. I mean, it, uh, it it's just become part of the bloodline now, hasn't it?
2: It has. And I think, for me, the book, you know, Changing Gears, it, you know, always you know, life doesn't always go as you plan it. And it didn't for me as well. I mean, I want to play baseball and that didn't happen. I was hurt. And then I started racing and, you know, you go through racing and you have maybe, you know, it takes a while to get there. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're there and you're a stable fixture, things are going good. And then you kind of crest the hill and maybe things don't go as well. And, you know, you don't uh, always stay there as long as you wanted to, or you're not the best rides that you wanted to, but you have to reinvent yourself. You have to persevere. You have to change gears. You got to fight, scratch and claw and sometimes do things that you don't really want to do, but you have to be seen out of sight, out of mind. And so I've always done things that I could do to put, my, put myself in a position to do what I love to do. And I think that's where I've stressed in this book is, you know, you really have to live your best life. You got to, you got to like, be willing to get outside the box, do what it takes to find passion in what you do and love to get up in the morning and go to work. And I've just been one of those fortunate few that have been able to do that pretty much my entire, my entire life. So um, I just try to talk about those things, give insight into what and how I got there and how possibly some of the things that I say might help the kids out there or, you know, mentors that are mentoring people or people that will own race teams and, you know, give them opportunity to listen to what I have to say and maybe interact with us as well and ask questions. And hopefully um, they can find something that'll be helpful.
0: You know, I, I think that's, you know, uh, talking about how you, you can give that insight to people, I, I think is huge because, you know, if, if you're if you're not in Charlotte, you know, people probably think like, oh man, you know, I, I, I don't have a shot, you know, I could maybe do some local stuff or, or whatever. But um, I, I would imagine your book would definitely you know, give some positive, uh, you know, feedback to people on, in terms of their ability to, uh, you know, keep them motivated, which which is awesome.
2: Well, I, I came 3,000 miles from, from Grand National Racing at the time, which was then Winston Cup Racing and now NASCAR, but I, I wanted to do it. I came to, I won the late model sportsman championship in 83. I went to Daytona, fell in love and really felt like I n- needed to do this. And, you know, I made a, a you know, a, a conscious decision to make it happen. And I was, you know, I was in, you know, Tacoma, Washington, Spanaway, Washington. And I was the first one from the West Coast to really come back here, become a stable fixture and, and have some modest success. And a lot of my friends and people and people I worked with followed me and they've all made, uh, you know, career changes. And now they have great opportunities here in NASCAR. And we've made great lives together and i think that i just wanted to you know put that out there for other people that you know you don't have to be from the east coast you don't have to be from this vicinity that it just takes desire and it takes heart and the willingness to put yourself you know down a path and not be deterred and that's what i really try to convey in changing gears
0: that's awesome um and i see it's it's being released is it via chapter or via portion so to speak
2: Yes, we started with just the first chapter, and that was really kind of a cross section of, you know, maybe all the things that I it encompasses. And then as we go along, then you know, we will start to dive more in depth into each, you know, area or every facet that we've touched on. And and then that way people can, you know, obviously kind of if something resonates with them, they can get to get back to us and we can answer questions and give insight and try to be helpful. But that's how we'll kind of you know progress. As we go with the actual ebook.
0: That's awesome. That, that's a cool way to do that. And, and you know you're gonna let the the, the, the fans and, and and people that have such a a, a thirst for knowledge in the sport kind of help shape how the book kind of just takes its own life form, which is which is pretty cool.
2: Yeah, well, the thing that is I think that people don't really always understand is this sport has changed drastically, you know since I started in the 80s and it continues to evolve. And sometimes, you know, now with social media and all the things that encompasses, uh, there's a lot more to it. And there's a lot more things that I think maybe are detrimental that, you know, or there are more pitfalls. And I think it's important that they understand that some of the things that worked before don't work now. And that some of the things still do. And I think that you just have to like, have a sense of looking at what, do you have it at your disposal? You know, what do you have the means to do? And I try to give ideas and thoughts and processes on, hey, start here. This is how you you look at it. This is how you approach it. And then depending on what you have available to you, you have to just start the process and believe in the process. So, you know, it's just, uh, it's just my view and what's helped me get here. And I'm just going to share those things. And, you know, some things you have to take with a grain of salt and discard and some things you can implement.
0: No, that's great, man. Um, you, uh, you, you mentioned, you know, you've been around this, this sport for a very long time. Uh, the, the evolution of this sport has, has taken many different life forms, uh, you know, from the cars on the track to, you know, straight up just awarding a championship via points to the implementation of a playoff system, you know, to, to stage points and playoff points and all of that. Um, you know, what are some of the things that, you know, you wish you raced under those certain circumstances or what are the things that you're glad, man, I'm glad I'm not racing because of that, because you have been around this sport for such a long time.
2: I've always been a traditionalist. I really I came into the sport, you know, with, you know, all of these great drivers, you know, all people that I, you know, I thought were fantastic race car drivers that got to know them, raced against them. And the traditional things, the way you raced, you know, 500-mile uh, races, they were, you know, there was very few 400-mile races. It was, you know, you had to step up and drive hard. And they didn't have all the safety things and all the stuff. And I look at it now, right, and it's 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 very different. And, you know, what these guys have to go through to get, you know, into uh, into NASCAR, what you got to do just to get a license this day and age, uh, the social media, you know, the deal. I think the scope, you know, the, those things there, what you're under a microscope now and everything sure. you do, everybody has a, a voice and everybody has a soapbox to stand on and the ridicule that drivers take for making mistakes for not just being, thinking that they were in the way or whatever, and then the other drivers, you know, maybe, you know, criticizing, that creates a lot of animosity and things. And those are the things that I have a distaste for sure. is that the drivers themselves are mouthy they they criticize and they talk about lap traffic and they do all these things. When in fact, if they didn't have that, they wouldn't have the opportunity to race. So I think it's a double-edged sword, and I that's the part I have a distaste for. And you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, they need to be, I think, better ambassadors of the sport. And you know, those are the one things that I I have I I I just have a platform now to say it. Absolutely. And, you know, I think uh, certainly that's the biggest problem I have. And the young kids today, I think there's a lack of respect. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of these kids these days, you know, it's all arrive and drive it's being funded. And I really believe that the mentality has to change. This is a true gift to be in NASCAR, to be in motor racing and making a living. And you better take a good hard look at it because it's fleeting as well.
0: Man, Derek, I love everything that you just said, man, because it, it just, it resonated and, and I love it. And I think that, People that listen to the Lab Traffic podcast, which, by the way, I may have to use that because you dropped Lab Traffic. I may have to use that as an audio cut, just, just so you know, <laughs> because that was perfectly placed. But, um, you know, people that are gonna, that listen to my show are going to love everything that you just said. So I'm, I am i couldn't have said it better better myself. So I love it. And, and speaking of podcasting and and platforms and and all of that, you and your wife have a new podcast, Driving Under Pressure. Uh 26 shows under your belt. You guys are talking about everything from your career, uh the stories that I I can't wait to hear. Um you know, how how has that been uh getting into the podcasting side of things?
2: Well, it was uncharted territory. Uh as I said in the beginning, I've never really wanted to, you know, bear my soul and, and, you know, let people know really about, you know, the struggles you went through and the reasoning behind what you do. And my wife, she's like, you know, I want people to know your story. And she says, she wants, you know, our kids to know what I've done and our stories, people that are out there that maybe were, you know, fans when I was racing and they want to know the hardships and the reasons why we did things and decisions that were made. And, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly about, you know, I never really got a big time ride and I made do with what I had. And I, you know, when I had to do start and parking, I didn't want to, but I had to make a living and, you know, Ray Everham told me out of sight, out of mind. And so I made a choice to do what I had to do to, you know, stay in the public eye. And so you talk about all these things. And so, I felt like the podcast was a platform that we could get on together collectively. My wife and I, who, you know, by the way, we started Starcom with not a bolt one and, you know, pretty much took it for a five-year run and then sold the charter and the team to Michael Jordan and Denny Hamill. So it came full circle. So we together, you know, the two of us pretty much handled every aspect of the racing team. So we can talk pretty I think, intelligently about all the facets of business, marketing, hospitality, racing, nuts and bolts. I've owned shock absorber companies. We can, I think, pretty much bring light to every facet of motorsports. And the same thing we talked about, the detrimental side when it comes to social media, being ridiculed by drivers or things. So I just wanted to be able to shed light on things that I had a distaste for and the things that I really, truly had passion for. And my wife, she... Uh, she can get on it off on a tangent and she uh, tell it like it is that she, you know, she, if you don't like people, she's going to tell you. So, you know, it does bring a bit of a colorful side at times. Sure. And, uh, you know, but we started just doing storytelling and then we've started to evolve more into more of the, uh, you know, the inner workings and the nuts and bolts. And then we have a lot more, we're going to start bringing some guests on later. And I think, you know, it'll evolve into more like what you're doing at some point.
0: It, uh, it's crazy how you'll have this uh, idea of what you want it to be and what you think it should be, and then it just kind of you know goes on its own. Which that that's that I think you'll have fun watching and watching it evolve. Um, and, and especially with who you'll probably be able to get on the show and 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 the the you know the reach that you'll have. I I think you'll have a great time with that. And I bet your wife you know I bet she's got some crazy stories to be able to share from. You know, being in the you know in in the the motorhome during race weekend, and you know being on pins and needles watching you guys race out there, um, I, I'm, that's a whole nother side of the sport that I think people don't realize is the you know the the, the wives, the girlfriends, significant others, uh, the the kids, and the, the strain that it puts on them being at the racetrack or not having you home. Uh, I'm I'm I can only imagine you know the insight that she's going to be able to provide as well.
2: Well, it's an interesting thing, I think, for her, because, you know, again, it's something that, you know, not a lot of people, you know, know, or, you know, understand, like, what, you know, being in the trenches, what being in the trenches really is like. And, you know, I mean, I mean, she's right there. I mean, she was doing cooking and hospitality and, you know, taking care of people and credentials and, and just every aspect marketing. I mean, she's, she was off at you know, GNCs and places, you know, sampling and doing all the things that would encompass you know, the actual sponsorship of the racing program, right? So she has a lot of stories and insight into that. She also knows, you know, the good and the bad and the ugly about me. I mean, she calls him Mr. Cranky Pants. Well, okay, I get it, right? Well, you know, I get, I can get irritable. I can go from zero to a hundred and, you know, pretty, pretty short order. But uh then she... She likes, to, uh, she likes to engage in that. I mean, she comes from a different background as well. And uh, she loves racing uh, to the fullest degree of the word. And I think her passion certainly comes through on the podcast. So we'll, we'll have to just see how it goes. We're obviously in the infancy of it. We're just getting started. But like you said, I think there's a lot of things that will evolve based on just, you know, it taking you there.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let it let it drive you. I know you're a driver and you want to be in control, but let the podcast drive you. <laughs> oh man. Well, listen, Derek, uh we're we're going to Vegas this weekend. Uh Sin City. Um you know, what what did you think of Vegas back in the day?
2: Well, I obviously I was there for the first race as well and uh I I was actually I was actually at Craig Road Speedway back in the day when it was there. So, you know, I've been going to Vegas for a very long time uh, for the races. And, you know, I thought the facility when it first got, you know, uh, ready to run was was pretty dynamic and, you know, what a venue, right? Uh, so it really did, uh, I think, create a lot of opportunity. My father and, you know, our families used to come to those races all the time because it's very conducive for travel to there. And. You know, it's a great place to to showcase uh, brands and and national sales meetings and all the things that companies want to use uh, in conjunction with the event. So I thought the whole dynamic was very exciting to have have happen, and it's it's pretty much you know gone that way. And the racing's always been good there because the racetrack has got such diverse corners and you could run pretty much wide open in one, and then the other one, you know, it, it had banking, and, and uh, it, it ended up getting rough and a lot of bumps, had a lot of character, and then you could run the top as well and find a way where, you know, you would just, again, go someplace where they're not at, and that's the type of racing that I like to see, and that racetrack's always been uh, very conducive to that type of style of racing. Fantastic.
0: Uh, Derek, you know, since, uh, you know, the uh, uh, you guys sold the, the Star Carm Star com charter um are you uh, getting to the races very much are you just kind of laying low writing podcasting and and watching for, uh, on the tv
2: well, i've actually been doing some consulting for some groups that are maybe looking at doing an open car in the cup series so i've had a lot of dialogue with groups and we've been talking about those things there i have not really gone back to the cup series you know to the racetrack um as of yet I have been working with Nitro Motorsports, which my uh, cousin owns, which is a Trans Am TA2 uh, team. And they do a lot of uh, driver development for Toyota. A lot of all their young drivers, they do a lot of testing for them with this new GR86. And we also have the TA2 program. So we're taking these young Toyota drivers, doing test sessions, and we're doing driver coaching. We're working with data and you know trying to look at video and go over and try to do assessments and do just a lot of things to try to make you know them more proficient on road racing so that they can go showcase their potential on the ovals uh so guys like Corey heim taylor um taylor gray uh chandler smith guys like that you know and then we got tony breidinger who's going to be involved with us doing some things um, we've got. You know Darren Mock, the old Ray Mock with Butch Mock. His sons with us. So that's what I'm doing right now. To the most for most of the time, and um, you know that's that's what we we've, we've been jo- enjoying uh, and just kind of got away from you know the NASCAR side you know for a bit. Uh, and not to say that we won't be back and do some things there, but we watch the races and we critique things, and that's when we can kind of bring in some of that and. You know, uh, we, I, you know, again, I did put together a NASCAR next gen car uh, at our shop at Starcom prior to leaving and ending it all. So I have a good feel of, for putting that car together and the shock absorbers, which I love uh, that aspect about it. So I still have, uh, you know, some intrigue into it.
0: That's awesome. I love that. All right, Derek, man, this uh, this was fun. I, I thoroughly enjoyed having you on the show. Uh, tell everybody again the, the the book where they can find it and where they can listen and find your podcast as well.
2: The podcast is race theory, and you can find it on you know all the all the places you find podcasts. You know, I mean, iHeartRadio, Radio. Uh, you know, we've got it on Speed. I mean, it's Speed Perks. I think it is. Uh, uh, but pretty much anywhere you find race, you'll find it. You know, there. And, and again, we do have a website. It is called it's uh, the Race Theory website. You can reach it by going to DerekCope.club or RaceTheory.club, and we've got a lot of things on there talking about coaching and public speaking uh, engagements, uh, opportunities for some things later on. We got merchandise on there, all of our podcasts are on there, so they can be accessed there. And, uh, so those are the, those are the things that we have going right now. And we're just, um, we're just trying to get people access to what we got going. And then hopefully later on, we can do some other things with maybe some ride along programs. We plan on trying to bring that along at some racetracks where we can actually have some interaction with our fans and our people that are involved with race theory and want to come to the racetrack. So a lot going on.
0: I love that. Well, Derek, man, thank you so much for taking some time to come on the show. Appreciate you. Best of luck with the book, the podcast and uh, hopefully talk to you very soon.
2: Yeah, well, I appreciate you having us on and continued success with yours.
0: Thank you very much, man. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Okay, take care.
0: Wow, Lab Traffic Nation. How cool was that, Derek Cove? Great to talk to him and definitely looking forward to getting him back on. All right, let's see here. Uh, Just some brief recaps and a couple things I want to highlight from this weekend because I've got some of your guys' interaction that I want to get into and got a, got a lot more people to talk to. So uh, I just want to start off with first talking uh, about John Hunter Niemicek in his first win of the year in the Xfinity Series. Um, I'm probably going to regret not setting a limit on him for lap traffic fantasy. Uh, not surprised, stepped into the 20 and, and come out with a staple win, race two of the Xfinity Series season. I wonder if Coach went up to him before the race and was like, dude, Uh, I need a win after uh, Kyle picked up the win earlier in the day. Tough break for Cole Custer, getting shuffled back after winning both stages, finished 27th. I bring up Cole because over half of the Lat Traffic Fantasy League took him. So I know a lot of you are very grateful for those 20 bonus points that he picked up with the stage wins. Uh, That helped salvage the weekend for a lot of you. So uh, there's that. And then I just want to comment on Kyle Busch picking up the win. Just an incredible performance. Uh, you know, almost won at Daytona, which still eludes him. hes We're almost talking about a repeat winner two weeks into the season here with Kyle Busch. Uh, but to come back this week, get the win, second race with RCR, I think is incredible. He was tied with Kevin Harvick with 60 wins. He's now by himself, ninth on the all-time win list with 61. Chasen Sr. with 76. Can he get 15 more for the tie or even 16 to surpass. I think it's possible because Kyle Busch is either going to win five to eight races a season or one race. And something tells me he's got a new spark for that eight car, that eight team. Uh, I, I think Kyle eclipses senior, uh, but Hey, only time will tell. It's just a hunch, just a feeling that I've got there. Um, so with that said, uh, I pose to you guys on Sunday afternoon. Are you surprised the eight won so soon? And, are you sad to see the two-mile track of Auto Club go? So let's uh, let's see what you guys had to say. Scott at 1985 Wagner second race was quick end of my range. I thought around five races with eight races at the most. I agree with other replies on getting to re-repave uh, point. I'm surprised they mentioned running on the seams. I felt with the much wider contact. Patch would pretty much eliminate it. Uh, Brian at Storm and B81. No, I'm not surprised. And yes, I'm sad, but I guess it all depends on how the new track is, right? Like, I mean, if that new track can race, uh, you know, like Martinsville, like the Coliseum, I think we're going to be in for a treat. Uh, Andrew at Racing Cants. Yes and no. KB is a hell of a driver, surrounded by a team who ended 2022 strong. Still thought there would be some adjustment. Definitely sad, but makes sense long term. That track would race worse than Texas if repave as is. Okay, maybe that's exaggerating, but it would be bad. I love that. I I love the sense of humor there. Uh, Carolina at Eagle's Nest of three. KB seems to be a totally different driver. He seems happier, more confident. I believe this team will be a strong contender for the championship. Uh, Colin at Colin underscore with underscore cars. That's simple. Yes. And yes, I figure Kyle would win one this year. Didn't expect him so soon. I also don't think you can watch a great race like today and be okay with a reconfiguration. Uh, Dave at real David con not surprised at all. Team was great here last season with a great driver. Not a shock with Michigan only having one race in Texas sucking. I'm a little sad to see it go normally good racing, especially on the restarts. Uh, EJ at the real EJ Gold. Kind of surprised. I was hoping they'd all try to go to the distance and the eight would lose a right rear late. But oh well, I tuned in with 50 to go. Seemed like about six racy grooves. That's good, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, Eric at Eric from MI24. No, 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 with a Spider Man gif. I love it. Uh, JD at JD underscore Cunningham. Yes, but maybe I shouldn't have been. This is KFB after all. And number two, I'm all for more short tracks, but I don't see why we have to sacrifice racing like this to get it. We can and should have both. Agree with you there. 100% Jess at Iowa our fan no for the eight guy can wheel it. And the car was stout last year and maybe for the track configuration, the two mile put on a great race now, but it didn't. When it was first paved a repave is needed and it would take years to get back to where it is now. Uh, Jess, like someone else said, and it's going to kind of get to my point about uh, that is, you know, look where we're at with Michigan and how long ago that was repaved. And and it's still, Uh, Not perfect. Uh, Last year was the best race I've seen at Michigan in a long time. And uh, so there's that. I'll touch on that again here in a second. Uh, Matt at CH9SC fan. Not really the A-team left off strong. Kyle knows how to win and everything. Plus, I feel like he had something to prove. As for the track, yes and no. Yes, great track, but it needs a repave at some point regardless, and that will ruin how great it is for years anyways. And Mick at GoDucks5 underscore Mick. One, no, Randall Burnett built fast cars all season. Uh, Last year, thought they would be a deadly combination. The repave was going to happen, and it would be a larger version of Texas. Build a short track. And last but not least, Patty at PJ Coy. No and yes, great racing. All right, my takeaway is, uh, you know, Pretty much like some of you, I thought it was going to be maybe five, six, seven races before we maybe saw KB in victory lane, but no surprise that it was race two. And like I said, we were really close to seeing him have uh, back-to-back wins uh, if things went a little different at Daytona. So uh, no surprise there. And, you know, that eight car was tight and strong all year last year, was in victory lane. So, I I mean, all of that just kind of comes full circle circle in, in, you know, Shouldn't have any doubts as to why that eight car was in victory lane race two of the year and second race for him in that car. As far as the track, you know, uh, it's it is unfortunate. I I think Michigan now is going to be kind of that standalone. That's not a super speedway. Uh, big track, which is pretty cool. And I agree with a lot of you that, um, you know, the repave would kill that track and then we're waiting 10, 15 plus years and was, you know, for a long time, it was count c- called Michigan's sister track. And um, like I said, now Michigan gets to stand alone is that kind of style of race, which is awesome. And like I said, we, we, we've seen how long it's take Michigan to, to, to kind of get its own character after it's repaved. So that's where I'm at. Thank you everyone for chiming in with your responses and all that good stuff. We'll, we'll keep that going. Love the interaction and all that. So let's see, what should we do now? Uh, Let's see, let's talk to our ARCA Daytona winner, Greg Van Ulst. All right, let Traffic Nation joining me on the line, making his second appearance on the show. He is driver, owner of the number 35 CB Fabricating Chevrolet and winner of the ARCA season opener at Daytona. Welcome back, Greg Van Alst. Greg, what's up, brother? How are you?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, It's been a uh, really good week or so.
0: (laughs) I bet, man. Are you still on cloud nine?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Where's the trophy at?
1: Uh, it's, uh, sitting over there on my fireplace mantle.
0: Excellent. I love it. I love it. Um, I mean, we talked last year, you know, smaller team, uh, you know, doing a lot of work yourself on the car as, as the, as an owner. And I mean, to go into the start of the season and to win, the opener at daytona man i mean it was a hell of a last few laps i mean uh, in all honesty the arca race may have put on one of the better shows the entire weekend um i mean walk us through it man
1: oh so i'll just uh kind of pick up the last few laps there we uh through the race i mean we led a lap um under green and i think four or five under yellow and that was kind of a bucket list, right? You know, check that off, and now we focus on on uh, winning the race. So, kept trying to position ourselves in that third place, so we could be on the inside of a final restart. I got a little nervous uh, with before the last yellow came out. Um, luckily, it played right in our favor there. Uh, come to green, and um, I just knew I had to push that forty-four. Um, had to get the outside lane behind us, you know, cause I, I'd felt before the yellow came out, I felt like I was trapped, couldn't do anything. Um, so, you know, go green with three to go. Um, just keep pushing, pushing, pushing. Uh, we come to two to go, um, kind of got him, uh, down the back stretch. just kind of tandem drafted with him and, and, uh, shoved him out. And then go through three and four, get a little bit more of a run. And I get back to his rear bumper off of four, come to the white, um, trail break right at the start finish line. Uh, that, that sent him out a little bit and, um, got another run through one and two and, uh, got, there's, there's a, there's kind of an air bubble. Um, I think, I think, uh, Uh, one of the commentators at one of the races said, it's like a beach ball and you got that beach ball out in front of your car and coming off a two, I wasn't, I didn't break the bubble, pushed him out when I seen he had, uh, kind of launched out off the air off of our nose. I backed up to the 18 and, you know, just, just, uh, stayed right in the tire tracks of the 44 and got to the end of the straightaway. And it was, it was, I thought it was going to be too soon um, pulled out, side drafted him a little bit and, um, yeah, the rest is kind of history there. That's
0: awesome, man. Congratulations on that. That is that, that's, I
1: mean,
0: what more of a story could you, could you write for something like that? That it's, it's so cool. I, I love every second of it. Um, and, and if I saw correctly, uh, this was the first time your wife was at the track with you in 17 years.
1: Yeah, so I mean, she's been to all the Daytona races. Um, I think she went to Charlotte in twenty one, in twenty two, she went to Daytona, um, uh, I think Daytona, and IRP, and that was it. We just we have four kids, and they're always doing stuff. So um, she hasn't been in the in the pits with us, um, you know, in the garage area the entire time we've been in ARCA and I don't think she's been in the, in the pits or garage with us in, in 17 years. So this weekend, I, I don't know. I told her back in December, like, Hey, you need to go in the garage. I, I don't know why you just need to go in the garage. So, so. she'll be
0: at Phoenix with you. I imagine, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, actually one of my daughters has a, uh, has a play and, and I'm going to miss it. And, um, uh, it's actually my, my middle daughter and my youngest son's birthday weekend, so oh. she's she's staying back to okay. to do that.
0: Well, you bring the kiddos home another trophy. I think that might make up for it, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it would, but <laughs> right. to me, or to them, I'm just bad. It's kind of funny. My oldest daughter, you know, I've been doing these Zoom calls and podcasts and all that, and um, it was a couple of nights ago, and she was like, All this over one win.
0: Wow. Wow. She brushed you off, Greg. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. One of them didn't know I was doing a call and just comes in screaming, right? (laughs) So, (laughs) but but, yeah, I mean, to them, I'm just dad. So um, they keep me pretty grounded.
0: I mean, I think the birthday card—it just needs your autograph on it, and be like, that should be enough, right? Like, you know, right, right. I'm Give him a hero <laughs> card. Here you go. Like.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great, man. Um, so you you mentioned some contact there late in the race, pushing at the end. Uh, it's it's funny. I'm actually talking to Sean Core, who finished third. Uh, in the race uh, in a a little bit which is uh, I'm excited to hear his perspective of of those few laps to match up with yours there that'll be great for the show but uh, talk about CB Fabricating they've been with you a long time how special was that for you to have such a close uh, relationship sponsor uh, with you uh, to get the to the, the W and in victory lane with them
1: yeah, I mean, um, I'm not gonna lie. It's a little bittersweet, right? He's been with us um, for I think since 2018, and um, you know, we uh, we haven't went to victory lane much, right? And you know, we we decided over the winter that you know we would try some things and and um, put some space out there available for sale, right? And uh, we sold the hood, sold the quarter panels sold 22 different sponsors. And, um, you know, we go to victory lane and it doesn't have his collars all over it. So a little bit bittersweet, but was, uh, you know, really good that we had a couple, uh, you know, Burns concrete and Sam Pierce Chevrolet come on. And, uh, like I said, multiple others, but you know, we, we, uh, we, um, forever grateful for, for CB and CB fabricating made sure, uh, he's, he's really humble and, um, we had to kind of pull him in and all the victory lane photos. Cause he kept trying to stand to the side and it's like, no man, get in the get center, in you know? Get so <laughs> I, I was, you know, everything's happening so fast. And uh, you know, when we were doing the photos and stuff and, and obviously we're not used to doing it. So everything was new and, and uh, I wasn't sure. Right. I wasn't sure if we got the photos of CB in there. And I was so glad when, when they came out and, and uh, I was able to see him, we had, You know, we had quite a few pictures with him, you know, right there in the middle of us all. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, he's more family than, than, you know, what I'd call quote unquote sponsorship. Um, his, uh, you know, it all started with the fence company. I did a, I did a fence for his son and his son's like, Hey, I think you should meet my dad. He's a big race fan. And then, you know, that's, that's where the relationship started.
0: That's crazy. Well, small world, right. Uh, to be able to to turn that into that. Um, I, I mean, just just have a little mini replica of the trophy made for him, and you know that'll 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 help. I bet. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're working on it. So. Um, Greg, last season you guys finished fifth in the standings, very respectable. Uh, you know, what what you guys work on in the off season, and and what what does this win maybe help do that maybe a fifth or tenth place finish, uh, you know, would have done for you guys? as, as you look ahead into twenty twenty three.
1: Yeah, so um, we're, we're currently still working on our short track car, right, getting it ready for Phoenix. That's why I was a few minutes late. I got I got lost track of time and um, doing some geometry stuff a little different than what we ran in the years past. Um, but we really focused on our Daytona car all winter. So I'm not going to lie. We're a little bit behind where we should be. Um but uh, you know, if we can get through Phoenix, um, have a good showing, obviously our our Talladega car's in pretty good shape. Um, I feel like we got, you know, we got a couple months to get our other stuff together before we start getting into the the brunt of the season. But our our hopes this year is we had quite a few like sixth to eighth place runs, you know, and I think we finished eighth like five or six times in a row or something like that. So we're hoping to pick up a couple spots. Um And uh, hopefully turn those top eight runs into top five runs.
0: No, that's awesome, man. Well, and and I guess, you know, the one, the, and you tell me from, from, from you, I want your opinion specifically, because I know some people, they like it, some don't, Um, you know, you were able to focus, like you said, all winter on the Daytona car. And there are some big breaks early in the ARCA schedule. You know, so did, did you use that to your advantage of, hey, you know, we, we've got some time that we can fix and work on, you know, the the Phoenix car afterwards because we've got some time. We don't have to worry about it. So, you know, from your perspective, as somebody that that's, you know, owner, driver, doing your other stuff, uh, you know, does does that work to your advantage? Do you like those brakes? What's what's your take there?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, Obviously we were kind of looking at the schedule and, and uh, I I wish we would have got started on the Phoenix car a little sooner, but I think it would have took away from our Daytona car. Right. So, um, you know, there wasn't, I I don't think there was, there might've been a couple days, but I don't think there was many days of not working on something. Uh, We got a new trailer over the off season. So, you know, getting cabinets in it, getting it organized, um, that kind of stuff. So I mean we were we were working and then uh, you know you throw on the fact that that I, I still have a full time job. Um, you know, there wasn't there wasn't very many lazy days, if any at all through the sure. winter. But uh yeah, for sure um gonna take advantage of the of the little bit of time between Phoenix and Talladega and then again between Talladega and Kansas to to get uh hopefully get back ahead.
0: Awesome man. I love it. Uh, Greg, where can everybody
1: follow you at on social media? Um, so TikTok's a a big one. We've been, uh, I've been doing videos there, um, Facebook, uh, on the Vanoss Motorsports page and then, uh, Twitter as well. So, um, trying to put more social media presence out there. Uh, I, 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 I reluctantly do it, but I'm learning that, uh, the reason why nobody follows, 41 year old old guys at race is because 41 year old old guys at race aren't putting anything out there so, um,
0: so yeah. well, I'm a 40 year old guy doing podcasting as a hobby so I will try to help 41 year old Greg get some followers when I post <laughs> the show tonight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh,
0: Greg, listen, man, it was great to have you back on. And uh, hopefully this isn't the last time this season we're chatting. And uh, I'll make sure to catch up with you at uh, Michigan if I don't see you beforehand.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, we sp- we started a new uh, website as well. Um, it's called SponsorTeam35.com. Um, like like I've said, uh, CB, uh, CB Fabricating is on board for every race this year. Uh, we're trying some, some things different, trying to, to fill the gaps, uh, financially. Right. And, um, trying to, trying to take the burden off of, off of my, uh, my checkbook a little bit. Sure. Um, so everybody can go to that page, check it out, see what we got available and, um, you know, like I said, forever grateful for CB and and what he does, but, uh, you know, still looking for, still looking for additional uh, sponsors.
0: I love it. All right, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Best of luck the rest of the season. And, uh, we'll talk to you soon, man.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: Thank you. All right, let's do a little lap traffic social media. Make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, the lap traffic podcast, YouTube, the lap traffic podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at you lap traffic mail. PC. If you've made it this far into the show, please leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to. Tell your friends about the show and uh give away. Got a new giveaway. It's posted tonight. It's an awesome lap traffic prize pack, and I think you will enjoy that. So let's get to 7,100 followers. We'll give that bad boy away, and let's see here. What else we got? Some new followers. Brian at Hill, 1989 VA from uh, – or is – I assuming from VA is what I have in my notes. Uh, sports and big racing fan. Uh, JB at uh J T I V Heisman, an OSU fan out in California. Uh JB was one of the guys that hopped in the Twitter spaces last week with Aaron and I and gave the show a follow. And uh, we had some fun poking at each other, being Michigan and OSU fans, which was awesome. And David at uh bat, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it. B-A-T-O-N-E-I-R-A-96 does Euro motorsports coverage, which is awesome. Don't forget, I've got free stickers and free koozies. All you have to do: fill out the contact page on the website, shoot me a DM, whatever. I will send them out to you as long as you are in the continental United States. Uh, and yeah, so there's that. Okay, let's keep things rolling and let's talk to another Arc guy. Let's talk to Sean Core. All right, lap Traffic Nation, joining me on the line, making his first appearance on the show. You'll catch him behind the wheel a couple times a year, and he is the co-owner of Empire Racing Group. Welcome to the Lat Traffic Podcast, Sean Cor. Sean, what's up, man? How are you?
4: Oh, I literally just got off the machine. We got about nine inches of snow here in New York, and uh, so I uh, I just got off the machine about fifteen minutes ago. I mean, it's it is (laughs) it is uh, oh wow, yeah, it's a a lot of snow. Winter Wonderland right now, so we're. uh, been running that caterpillar all morning.
0: Hell yeah. Clearing man. snow.
4: And uh me well, me and my uh my biggest fan here, that's Ellie. Ellie in the back. So. I love it. It's uh the, the
0: weather through the Midwest has been crazy. Uh Metro Detroit here um we had a crazy ice storm last Thursday. I mean people have been without power for, you know, five, six days now and uh the the electric company is uh throwing a thirty-five dollar credit to people that's been without power and you've had to be without it for ninety-six hours or more. That's it's almost oh insulting God. at that point. Like that's just brutal.
4: Oh, uh, that is brutal. Yes. Oh, gee. Hopefully they got plenty of wood stoves and stuff. Right. Going. <laughs> yeah, that's... no kidding. No Oof. kidding. So listen, I mean, you you know,
0: you you you're sitting in your truck, you got bibs on you're running a race team you get around the track every once in a while as well i mean you know give us a rundown on keeping all that straight
4: well um well i mean we're just a small little team so uh mostly i grew up up here and um up here in the northeast i grew up doing doing a uh, northeast dirt uh pro stocks um and uh We kind of we made the leap from uh, dirt to asphalt in 2008, and um, worked our we worked our way up to uh, to running in the ARCA series, and we've had a lot of really good success there. So we sat on I sat on the pole in 2012. Um, The Daytona Daytona and Talladega have been especially good to me.
0: I, I was going to say, so 25 starts at Daytona Talladega, 10 top tens. That's a hell of a percentage. Like you just come in and, and you might drop that race and you're like, peace out. I'll be back in the next go around.
4: Yeah. We'd lo- we'd love to to be at- we ran one full season in ARCA in 2011 finished ninth in points. And um, so we've been trying to work on, on building up uh, another like sponsor base again, but uh, it's just been a little tough and sure. Um, so hopefully this year we're, we're, we're uh, my goal. I know we don't have enough funding to do a full season, but we I'd love to do, they have a, a super speedway series within, within the Arca Menards season. There's another season. That's just like, it's just the it's Daytona, Talladega, Charlotte, both Kansas races, uh, Michigan and Pocono. And so it's, yeah seven races and um so we're, we're trying to work on enough funding this year just to do those seven races to be to be eligible for the uh the, the speedway series. Awesome.
0: That's really cool. That that's a cool little uh you know thing within a thing there that uh you know they that that Arca has I, I know Arca has has done some incredible things over the last couple of years between the you know the the East and West series and the driver development and, uh, you know, I know Charles crawl is, he's a very good friend of mine in the show and he is working on, on getting them fields, uh, built back up, which is, which is awesome.
4: Oh, you can't, you can't it, it, 40 cars showing up down there for the, uh, um, for the Arca race in Daytona. That is nothing to be ashamed of. That no. is, that is a good, strong field. That Absolutely. is it's great to see numbers like that coming back. I think, I think last year we were in the low thirties this year, back up to, back up to 40. I mean, they, they were only going to start 40 cars, 42 were on the entry list, two backed out. And then there was one car there that, that just didn't, just didn't start. So I don't know if they had a a mechanical issue or did something, something major happened. And, uh, but I I know there were 40 cars there and, um, so,
0: yeah. walk us through so, your race, man. I mean, started 39th sorry. and and worked your way through the field to a third place finish. So, you know, what uh what what was the race like for you?
4: Um, it was a little a little nerve-wracking. We had an issue in qualifying with um with uh, another car that uh they blew their engine. They well, they blew their oil cooler, which ended up damaging their engine, and um of course it was right in front of us. So, we were we were, I was following them out. I, I saw the 15 car had had white smoke coming out or exhaust. And then like when we got up on the banking, it turned to blue. And then all of a sudden my windshield, just like somebody threw a bucket of oil on the windshield. I was like, oh, this isn't good. And then I, it was one of those crazy spontaneous, like series of events to go wrong. The six car in front of her, I, I think he broke a U joint. So it threw his drive shaft out of the car. So he all of a sudden lost power. So she's blowing her motor, dumping oil. Now I jump out of the throttle on the oil and start skating. And everybody behind me starts doing the same thing. And I I just was like, it kind of broke loose once. And I'm like, "Uh, if I snap (laughs) this again, I'm nosing in the wall. And I just was like, you know what? It's going to be less damage to let this thing spin. So I just let the car spin. The other guys behind me, they were spinning too. Um, At some point we got tagged by... By one of the cars behind us in the left rear quarter panel we tore the nose pretty much dang near off the car <laughs> um on the apron and just uh, we i mean we hit the grass kind of flipped me up on two wheels for a second came back down on four and just kind of looped it through the grass it's like uh, the second i could get her straight i slammed it into first and just kept rolling and when we uh we brought it around. We thought we could continue to go out and qualify if we just quickly worked on it. I thought we. I. I'd always assumed there was a five minute clock to to do something, but uh, I was wrong there. When you pull in to the garage area, that's it. Your attempt is done. Yep. So that was. Um, All this, we pulled you in. Even we thought, run the race yet? <laughs> yeah, we wrecked and we didn't even. We didn't, we didn't have the green flag yet, so we. Um, but I I can't say enough about the Arkham Art series. There's, there is no bigger family series. Like as, as just as far as like all the racers there's you get there and everybody it's, it's there, there's no, nobody gets a cold shoulder. Everybody helps. And we had the damage on our car and we had, uh, Timmy McKitchens from performance vehicle works. He came over with a nose, dropped it on the ground and he didn't, we, we didn't even ask him. He started already helping take the nose off the car, and that's awesome. We had uh, uh, Dale Quarterly dropped off some black vinyl because there was a white nose. It was all it was all just primered up. So we uh, we we wrapped the nose of the car black again. I, I went over to the cup garage to get some bond because when we got hit in the quarter and when we hit the banking, it just crushed the side of the car from the banking and the the damage on the side. We had to get some bond and. Well, I was over there. the The loves team, one of the guys over there um, that I know that works for the uh, Michael McDowell's thirty four crew. Um, I asked them if they'd have any yellow vinyl left over. Ellie, come on, <laughs> and um, and they got me a little bit of a little bit of yellow vinyl, which is pretty close to our school bus yellow. Sure. So um, we uh, we were able to make the car look. When we rolled out for the start of the race on Saturday, we. We looked just as good as when we unloaded. I think I, the car really looked sharp. So that's awesome. And uh, still not knowing what we were going to do as far as I mean, it's a new nose on the car. Is the arrow going to be the same? Is is something else damaged on the car? We didn't. We we went. And we nut, nut and bolt checked everything. We had the car on jack stands. We checked everything, um, looking for a bent ball joint, the toe, even the toe. When I when I came around the st- the angle on the steering wheel, that's normally a dead sign that something's damaged if the steering wheel's now 45 degrees off or something it's sure. um it's normally a good sign that something's damaged and nothing was when i pulled around after after straightening it back out but the um um yeah we, we didn't know what we were going to have at the start of the green but after a couple laps just making sure the car was good then it was like all right hammer down let's, let's go let's go
0: let's get it that's awesome that's cool i hey like you said, you know, another, another third place finish. That's great. And it's funny. You, you, you talk about the, the culture and the ARCA garage. And um, I, I remember in August going and doing a, uh, quote, unquote, grid walk, if you will, with, uh, with Crawl uh, on, um, it, what was it, Saturday, right? Because they ran Saturday. They ran after the Xfinity race at Michigan. And the ARCA garage at Michigan. If it's not even a garage, it's just a roped off spot. That's normally a parking parking lot, uh, you know, on Saturday and Sundays of Xfinity and cup racing. And that's where everyone's at. It's, it's all open, you know, haulers are just pulled in there and, you know, it, you can just like you, you, you mentioned the word, you know, just a, a family of racing and you just, you totally felt that we walked around. We, you know, we were, watching guys, you know, going to town, thrashing on these cars, and and just chatting, hearing stories, uh, you know, about the struggle to get there or why they wanted to make sure they had their car ready for Michigan. And, you know, the turnout for Michigan was a great race, and and, uh, I I 100% know what you're talking about there, which is awesome.
4: Yeah, yeah, there's – I mean, even the officials. The officials just come over and, hey, thanks for – like, just as little as saying, hey, thanks for – A trip, it's you don't know what that means. That's that's sure. That's cool. They remember you from the year before and stuff, and then even the, even other races you go throughout the season. Even if you're not racing, you're walking around. Hey Sean, good to see you. Yeah, it's just, it's it makes a huge difference. It's really, it's it's such a great atmosphere.
0: That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about Empire Racing. You guys have been around since two thousand and nine. Uh, this past Daytona was the 100th race for you guys that had to be pretty memorable for you guys um so talk you know a little bit about the team the the mentality I, I know you guys try to do some developmental type stuff so you know talk about that a little bit
4: well yeah we we still have our development program we have um a late model program that we uh, that we started in 2013 to 2013-2014 and um, we've done everything from we've, we've dabbled in camper well trucks for a while and uh, we just kind of found we, ca- we we just kind of found we have a really good home with Arca so sure. we're, we're, we'll do late models we have um um we have a couple couple of um a couple new development dri- developmental drivers coming in this year so and they'll be uh they're going to be looking to to eventually, get their starts in the Arca Menard series, also. Cool.
0: Uh, I'll break the fourth wall because uh, no one, you know, only you and I can see each other. Uh, when I mentioned that was the 100th race in the Arca series, uh, your face gave it away that you maybe didn't know that that was the 100th race for you guys. <laughs> I,
4: I, now, now, is that my 100th start or is that just the
0: team's the team, 100th. The team 100th start? Yep. And I mean, that's that, according to that, Racing Reference, which I live and die by J ski and racing reference. So that was the team's 100th start for you this, uh, uh, two weeks ago at Daytona for ARCA anyways. Oh,
4: that's, so. that's pretty cool. Fact I did. I really did not know. I, uh, I, um, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's thank you for that information. Absolutely. I, so now you got to go like break down that quarter panel
0: know. and hang it in the garage or something like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> or go yeah, have yeah. a die cast made or something like that.
4: <laughs> that'd be cool. I that that'd be cool to have a legit die cast made. That's uh that's pretty th- that'd be pretty neat. That's my favorite car. That um that black with the yellow stripe car that I run at, at on the speedways. Yeah. That's a throwback to my two thousand eight Super Dirt Week uh winning oh, car that That's very cool. So it's, so it, it was a Pontiac Grand Prix, the one I ran on dirt, and I um I just there's always, uh, I always thought it was a good looking car. So when for we, sure. when we were, we got a, we didn't have a sponsor going into, um, Daytona. We actually did this car, did that to the paint job, to the car two years ago. Okay. And then last year we actually did the, did the little memorial throwback for uh, Bob Kieslowski.
0: Yep. Yep.
4: No. Uh, and but then we're just like, oh, what do we do with the car? I said, let's put the yellow stripe back on it, put the silver checkers back on the side, like the old 08 Pontiac like Grand Prix. That was my that was my favorite looking car, and uh, it just it's like you know, it's I just think it was a good looking car. so I, I as far as even being on the on the Chevy SS, I almost said Monte Carlo. <laughs> this <shows> how old <laughs> right, I've been running. Right. <laughs> how long I've been
0: running this series? Right. Yep. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well listen, man, what's uh you know, what what's the next planned race? Is it gonna be Talladega?
4: It is, is we got uh, Talladega coming up um in April. So we'll uh we will be there for sure. We're 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 good sponsorship wise through Talladega and uh um hopefully we're working on some stuff. We'll we'll hopefully be at Kansas this year and we'll be at those if if anybody's interested in having their name on the car, definitely give us a shout. It's, Absolutely. uh, empire racing Group.com And, uh, uh, or hit us up on our Facebook page, empire, uh, at empire racing, or, um, well, wow. yeah, they give us all, get all, get all of our contact info, every, everything we it. we'd love to we we'd love to be able to promote somebody so
0: anybody can reach out to me as well and i can pass along contact info as as well for you and we'll we'll tag you guys in uh in everything with the show on all your your handles and all that kind of stuff and sean it was it was great to talk to you uh if if you do make it to michigan i will definitely make sure to swing by and uh and say hello to you and let's uh let's let's i tell you what let's let's plan after talladega having you back on to talk about another top five finish at a super speedway how's that
4: all right i I hope you're right so that's uh cool and that come on everybody everybody who's listening you know get out there and uh, get out there and enjoy an arca race this year you guys absolutely the best racing in the country come on out to an arca race bring a friend it's you you won't be disappointed i swear absolutely i love it i love it Listen,
0: Sean. Thank you so much, man, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank thank you for having me on. I really appreciate. it. I had a lot of fun. Absolutely. Me too. We'll talk to you soon. We'll see you, man. All right, Lab Traffic Nation. There you have Sean Corr. Great to have him on. And uh, don't forget, now's normally when the weather segment would be, but we're uh, we're doing that live on Twitter Spaces with Brian and Aaron rotating weeks. So be on the lookout for a social media post pertaining to the uh, date and time of that for this week. Right now it is time for uh, catching up with Lab Traffic. All right, Lab Traffic Nation, joining me on the line. You can follow him on Twitter at slyjob 1996 He made the trip all the way from Connecticut to Auto Club Raceway. Welcome back to the Lab Traffic Podcast. Anthony Lord, what's up brother, how are you?
3: Good, how are you? Thanks for having me again. It's, it's been uh, been a while, but glad to be back.
0: Yeah, man, it's, it's been a minute, glad to have you on. Uh, I, I'm only two weeks into doing this new segment and I absolutely love it. And I think this thing is going to be awesome for the fans and something that everybody's going to get into getting a, a point of view perspective of, of someone that was at the track whether it was for, you know, just one race the, that weekend or, or the whole weekend. Uh, so, uh, like I, I said, you, you all the way from Connecticut out there, that's a hell of a commitment to go do a West Coast trip like that. What, what made that one part of the bucket list?
3: Well, I mean, for me personally, my main bucket list item of my life is uh, to go to every NASCAR track. Um, basically a list of, you know, NASCAR is ever-changing, but I have a list of ones that I've watched my whole life because I've, I've I pretty much watched NASCAR since I was born, almost, and sure. the tracks that I grew up with are are the ones on the list. And Auto Club's been on there for a long time because you know it was open in 1997. I was born in 1996, hence the gamer tag. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, so I've been watching races there my whole life, and I, I feel a connection to that track because it's almost as old as I am, and um, it's it's always been a, a fun track to watch. And when I, I had plans to go there in a couple of years, uh, I was trying to work my way outwards. So I've, I've pretty much hit everything in the northeast and and some in the south already. But when they announced that this was going to be it, that that was the main driver. I said, yep, I got to go.
0: Fair enough. I can get behind that. It's, it's funny. My wife, a couple of years ago, got me this. Uh this map of the NASCAR tracks with like black and white pictures. And then you put yep. a sticker on for the races that you've been to. And it was out by the bar area in the basement. And I moved it into the podcast room because I want it to stare at me in the face. So it's like, no, I have to go to some of these, you know, pre COVID that 2019, I got to, I think five races that year. And it's like, and since oh, wow. then it's, it's been, it's been dead. Like it's only been Michigan and it's, Uh, I'm using this as encouragement to force me to go get to a couple other races this year. So uh,
3: there you go. What I do is I set it up every year. So I I commit and say, no matter what I'm going to do, I'm going to two new tracks every year. I So for, for, for this year, it was, it was going to be something else, but it was actually Michigan was on the list and then auto club kind of knocked it out because of, because of that. And then totally, um, the other one is uh, I've got plans to go to Charlotte uh, for Memorial Day. The, I usually do a Father's Day trip with my dad, and he Beautiful. lives near there. So. I
0: love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, I, um, That'll be fun. I am, uh, Berlin is going to be a new track for me this year, even though it's not on this map. Uh, we're going to go do the SRX show at Berlin. There you go. And th- So that's going to be a hell of a weekend. So that that's Thursday. So we're going to go to SRX Thursday, drive back Friday morning. And then it's SummerSlam weekend in Metro Detroit, so that's going to be Saturday, and then uh, Sunday back out to the track for the for the Cup race. So that's uh, oh heck yeah, that's... I've
3: got uh, I've got tickets to Stafford. Oh, so no kidding. we'll be seeing the first yeah the first. That's only an hour from from where I live, so I'll be uh, I'll be at SRX this year too. That'll Excellent. be fun.
0: I love that. Very cool, man. Um, so walk me through uh you know your your trip you know getting off the plane uh you know where where'd you stay what'd you do and and you know talk talk about the the facilities you know give me the rundown on what you thought of your entire race weekend
3: yeah sure so um i coming from the the east coast the easiest way is going through la i know a lot of the more local or some of the midwest um fans can get out there through the ontario airport but I flew into LA easiest way. Um, it's about an hour drive East from, uh, from LA to Fontana, um, major five lane highways, um, which was pretty neat to see because in the East coast, you know, we have a lot of big highways, but I've never seen anything like that.
0: <laughs> I bet. I bet.
3: Man. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was a smooth drive in there. And then, um, there's a lot of, there's actually a lot of hotels in Ontario and Fontana. I was able to find one. I think it was America's best, uh, in over in Fontana, only like 10 minutes from the track. Well, that's um, awesome. was, that was pretty, that was pretty useful too, because you can imagine it was a, uh, it was a sold out show. So getting out of there was crazy. And, yeah. uh, especially with the double header, getting out of there later at night. Um, it was it was definitely a benefit to be staying there because I you I know, know some people probably stayed farther away, but
0: you know, speaking of that, you know, from from a a at home perspective, double headers are great. From the yeah. in track <laughs> perspective, that can make for a really long
3: day. Oh, you're telling me! And and the I think the the most you know crazy part of the whole thing was somebody told me that Southern California was warm (laughs) and you know, and, and so I'm expecting sunny 75 and sunny. Right. But I checked the weather report and it said, Oh, it's going to be around 50, 60. Okay. That's fine. So, but just knowing me, I packed some colder clothes, you know, you never know I'm, I'm prepared. I'm, you know, we get crazy stuff over here, but it was 32 degrees for the Xfinity race at the beginning oh man so so not only was it tiring but oh my goodness it was cold
0: freezing your ass off (laughs) (laughs) oh man okay so you found a good hotel that was close proximity which is great uh you know talk about the surrounding area you know for from an amenities perspective
3: yeah, so it was pretty nice. There was a lot of uh, neat places to to eat around there. Um, one thing one thing on the bucket list for me specifically was I've always heard for years about this In-N-Out burger. Yes. So I had to had to try that, I had to try some Del Taco, Jack in the Box, all those things that I've been hearing about from for for years that we can't get. So I was uh, hitting all that up, but yeah, it was it's pretty. I will say Fontana, from my perspective, was a pretty rural uh, neighborhood. Once you got near the track, there okay. was a lot of houses, a lot of palm trees, um, and then once you got in the me- immediate vicinity, it almost felt like you were in an industrial park. Okay, like the whole the whole track was surrounded by these warehouses, old old parts of the steel mill. There were construction vehicles parked at, you know, so it was kind of, it was kind of weird that That's kind you, of you how just Chicago have this big Land track.
0: Because Chicago Man yeah. is like that, like, you know, it's, it's cornfield. And then all of a sudden it's, it's, you know, all of this, you know, Amazon complex type stuff. So I, I get what you're saying. Yeah,
3: exactly like that. It was pretty wild. And it almost, I hate to say it, but it almost see you know, makes sense why they're tearing it up because sure. Just everything around it is industry. Yeah. You know?
0: Um did you so now talk about the racing. For you, did you enjoy the racing? Where you know, obviously I'm I'm imagining you did because that kind of bumped us up knowing it was the last time they were gonna be running the two mile there for you.
3: Oh yeah. No, the, the racing was great. I think the biggest thing that I took away was how beautiful the track was. Um so this was my ninth different track I've been to. And I will say, from from a, a just a visual perspective, it's the most beautiful track I've ever seen. That's just awesome. with with the mountains in the background, and when we got to the Xfinity portion, the sunset coming off of the Pacific was just beautiful. Um, but you know, the, and the racing, it's it, it's as good as it ever was since 1997. I've always loved the racing there. The The four wide, five wide restarts, the 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 crazy racing.
0: Start the five wide salute. Yes, amazing.
3: The salute, yup. The flyover with the with the big big. uh, uh, I I I don't know the name of it, but one of those huge planes. uh, The Goodyear blimp out there. I mean, it was it would they put on a good show, um, and and they always have it. It's not something new. Sure. Um, but you know, for the last race, they definitely did a, did a good job with it.
0: So talk, uh, talk about, you know, the, the, the track itself, you know, for walking around on, on, I mean, nobody was walking around doing anything on Saturday, but, uh, you know, what, what they yeah. have, what they have set up, uh, around the concourse area. What did you do Saturday during the rain out? Did you just hunker down in the hotel room? Did you find a cool bar? What what would you do on Saturday?
3: Well, on Saturday, um, I was up in the stands because they they actually had the cars out on the grid, um, and they did do a couple pace laps uh, before they pulled them in and called it. But uh, as soon as they pulled the cars back in, I actually hopped into the garage um, and was checking out the Xfinity haulers, and I actually got to meet Brett Moffat down there. Awesome. Um, yeah, he was so nice. It was great to meet him. I've been he, I'm a huge fan of his, and I've been trying to meet him. For a while and i actually missed him he had like a, a meet and greet at richmond and okay. my phone didn't have service and i missed it oh. but i finally caught up to him they had hopped out of the cars already and uh yeah i got to talk to him and uh and walk around and they had the cup garage gated off but i got to see some of the haulers there um and yeah i just kind of hung out there for a while and then then kind of hopped back to the hotel. It was getting, it was getting, it was actually starting to downpour. So yeah. after that, yeah, we got out of there. Um, Did, but no, it was definitely a lot to do on Sunday though.
0: Awesome. Very cool. Did you make the trip yourself?
3: Yeah, just me, just me. Um, I, you know, like, like I said, this is kind of a personal goal. So, but what I, I, when I can, I, I take my dad to a race every year. So whichever one's close in the Virginia area, Um, we'll go as a family, but yeah, most of the other races I've gone by myself. However, um, being a huge Bowman fan, I have a couple of friends that I've met online through the fan clubs and that. Sure, and he lives out, he actually lives near Fontana. Okay, and so I met him for the first time at the track. Oh, that's awesome, which is awesome. Yeah, cool.
0: I, you know, what I, I find peace going to. I've gone to wrestling events by myself and I've gone to races by myself. And I, it's, it's a Zen moment to just kind of decompress. And I, I can, I fully support anybody that goes to a race and event that they just passionately love. They don't have to explain nothing to nobody. Exactly. just, Just go where you want, when you want, and just,
3: just enjoy it the mind. way you want. Yeah. Yes,
0: absolutely. I love that, man. I love everything about it. Um, well, listen, man. Thank you for coming on and, and sharing your race story. Uh, if you get to another race this year, hit me up, and uh, you know we'll we'll get you back on for sure. And thanks. Yeah, for, yeah. Uh, we'll do that for Charlotte
3: if you want. Because I'll be I'll absolutely. be there for the whole Memorial Day weekend. Um, should be seeing all three races. So. Perfect
0: perfect that'll let's,
3: be uh that'll be fun yeah. let's
0: let's plan on that for sure everybody go follow anthony on twitter at mr slide 1996 great to catch back up with you man and i uh, hope you enjoy the show
3: i appreciate it thank you
0: absolutely we'll talk to you soon yeah all right left traffic great to talk to uh, anthony there and get his perspective on his trip to fontana let's close this thing out with a little Lat traffic fantasy just a reminder get your picks in by five o'clock eastern standard time keep the twitter interaction up using hashtag lt fantasy you can email your picks to fantasy traffic at gmail.com but joining me on the line right now he killed it this past weekend uh picking both winners it is colby mcclam what's up brother how are you
1: not much how
0: are you I am good man thanks for uh, calling in um I, I mean you killed it I hope you played some of those drivers on DraftKings Sportsbook or something like that because I mean you, you nailed it 100 points nice job there sir
1: Thanks. Yeah, it's actually funny you mentioned that. Kyle Bush won me a little extra change in my pocket last week. So.
0: Excellent. I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell everybody. So, one of the bets I didn't do anything for the Cup race, and I was torn on doing anything for the Xfinity race. But what I ended up doing was, as I went back and I looked at um, some of the head-to-heads, and one, two of the head-to-heads for the Xfinity race were. Uh, Justin Allgaier or Tyler Reddick at minus one fifteen, and Austin Hill versus Austin Dillon at minus one ten. And I'm like, both Reddick and Dillon struggled all day in that first race. Now they gotta go hop in a car and do it again. Uh, <laughs> I. I'm like, I, I like all guy and I like the I like Austin Hill. And I hit on both those bad boys, which was the only two bets I made all weekend and hit on both of them. And that's a good day, so I'll take it. <laughs> oh yeah, can't be that. No. Uh, I wish my lap Traffic Fantasy picks do a little better. Uh, but you know, I had Martin Truex who, you know, had the tire issue and battled back to get on the 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 the, the lead lap there finally. And Josh Berry did okay, you know, so I got 60 points. Good for 60th spot in the standings there. Uh, and Colby, you struggled during Daytona too, so your 100 points, I mean, you needed those 100 points. Oh, yeah. I, I had to come out at least trying
1: to swing. Right. <laughs> what would
0: you think of the race?
1: I actually really enjoyed it. Um, the Xfinity was awesome i feel like it always is the past couple of years yes but and i feel like fontana just really went out the way it should have hopefully you know the short track come in will do it justice but it, it's it's honestly kind of sad the way it's just kind of going sure. away because yeah. it's like the, the best the best nope i i, I,
0: I hear you 100 we no doubt about that um all right man what do you say uh i'm gonna hit the standings here and then we'll, we'll get to our picks all right sounds great all right uh in uh here's our top 10 first place eric mccollum with 208 right behind him one point i mean it's a battle already for segment one and all of that good stuff uh jeff clock's in second with 207 benton wilson in third 198 uh gina is in fourth with 186 jonathan lilly in fifth 185 Brian LaFell in 6th, 178. J-Dub, who was on the show last week, is in 7th with 177. Eldon in 8th with 176. Brian Hall in 9th, 175. And good old Jumpy Bob, who's normally in the basement with me, is in 10th with 173. Our bonus points. Uh, Colby, you're sitting up top the bonus points, which will help you for the playoffs, which I assume you'll make. Uh, you got three of them bad boys. Uh, Benton, j Dub. Jeff clock, Matt camper all have two bunch of you guys have one and a bunch of us are still searching for our first bonus point, but that's okay. Maybe some of us will get it this week as we head back out West for our second of our West coast swing and are headed to Las Vegas. All three manufacturers have tasted victory winning at least once in the last three trips to Vegas. Ross Chastain is back to back top fives. He might be a solid pick this week this past week's winner kyle bush had a top five back in the fall this is also his home track which he hasn't won at since 2009 wouldn't it be something for kb to go back to back and add another win at his home track who will pick up the trekkers and have lady luck on their side in sin city we'll find out this weekend but first it is time for our picks all three series all right man who do you got for the truck race
1: All right, for the trucks is more of a barometer pick, I would say. I'm going with Chase Purdy.
0: I like that pick. Solid pick there. I'm going to go with the 19 of Christian Eckes in the truck series this week. Colby, who do you got for the Xfinity series?
1: Xfinity, I'm going with Sam Mayer.
0: I like that pick. He looks to show some consistency. I think he's going to do pretty good in the one car this year. Uh, I am going to go with the guy that over half the league took this past weekend in Cole Custer for Las Vegas this weekend. And already, sir, the big dance Sunday. Who are you rolling with? I'm going with Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin. All right. Fellow Joke Iber. I am going to go with the one of Ross Chastain this weekend to see what track house can do at the first intermediate track pretty strong last year we'll see what they got colby thank you for calling in sir best of luck to you this weekend and hopefully we're talking to you again this year
1: thank you sir thank you for having me
0: absolutely we'll catch you later man all right left traffic nation what a fun show tonight i had an absolute blast Recording this thing. That is going to do it for episode 304 of the Lat Traffic Podcast. Make sure you check out the website, thelattrafficpodcast.com, Twitter at Lat Traffic PC. Go retweet the hell out of that giveaway. Let's get to 7,100 followers. Huge thanks to Derek Cope, Greg Van Alst. Sean Corr, Anthony Lord, Colby McClam. I mean, five people, one show, 90 minutes. What other NASCAR podcast is going to give that to you? I challenge that. Go get it. Show it to me. He Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Tune in each and every week to the Lab Traffic Podcast. See ya!